Welcome back to Banter and Barlow. I did it! First shot. Yay! Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Find us on Anchor, Spotify, Instagram, and YouTube. Guys, what a show we got coming up today. Um, I actually got a call-in guest. Uh, pretty well-known author. I stumbled across his book, and I called him up and was able to get him on the show, so I'm pretty hyped about that. Uh, Stephen Sterling. Um, the book that he has right now that's in circulation is um, The End of the World and How It Begins. So <laughs> we're going to talk about that. It's going to be pretty hyped up. That'll probably be the second half of the show because I recorded it and, you know, did all that. But uh, first half we're talking about, we'll update on the 30-day ice bath challenge. Um, this will be like week three, you know. So, I don't know. That'd be uh, day 21. So, this is coming into it. If you're listening to it, this will be like my final week going into it to be doing the full 30 days. But so far, I'm, uh, like I say, I noticed just overall better energy. Um, just feeling better, you know, kind of uh, mood and uh, you don't have like a grogginess about you or, you know, some people, when they wake up in the morning, they're just, like, not morning people, and they're just, I don't know, it's maybe like a, a funk. They're in a funk or a haze kind of thing. I feel like with this, um, and it might be a daily thing, too. Like, if you do it one day versus the next day, like, it's like, oh, okay. But it's like you don't feel that. At least for me, I don't. Um, but, you know. <laughs> some people could be listening to me like I tried that and I, I didn't feel any of that so I think you're lying <laughs> well I don't know I mean it's uh, it's gotta be your bull is all I'm saying alright but anywho that's just the, the the feelings that I get off of it I feel like it's you know I feel like it's really helpful honestly and I feel like if you just made it part of your morning routine kind of thing. I feel like it's something that I can stick with for a while, so who knows where it goes, you know. 30 day might turn into a daggum, I don't know, maybe a two-month or three-month or maybe just something that you take on here and there, you know. Maybe it's not consistently every day, but, you know, whatever. That's how I'm doing it. I like it so far, and I can feel a difference. So there you go. That's what we got that. Um, I was getting a kind of a little bit of review off of that uh, last week's show. We talked about Rittenhouse, which, you know, the verdict came out, and he was uh, found not guilty on our charges, but there you go. I, I don't under, and I don't know, I guess... I don't really understand a lot of folks' arguments about it. Um, and I haven't really, I guess I haven't really um, came across somebody that really actually saw the full trial and then and then had an argument about it. But 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of the celebrities and all that, you know, that are very, um, and everything to me is like politicized now, right? So it's either left or right. And I don't understand that. I guess the media has a lot to do with that. Um, but it's like now we can't just look at facts and look at things and go, okay, well, he did this. Instead, it's like, oh, well, you know what? That was, I mean, he that was his mentality, and that's what he did. He knew it. Well, it's like, well, no, not really. He didn't know that, you know? So, I don't know. Everything's, people are just so opinionated now. And it seems like you can't have a disagreement anymore. You can't just be like, well, this is what I feel like. Well, this, oh, okay, that's what you feel like. Cool, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of like middle of the road. I'll listen to both sides of the story, but it's just like, Sometimes I just see things and I just see it and it's just like, what in the hell? What, You know, the whole race thing. I don't understand the race aspect of this case. Um, there's a ton of people that are just like making it a race thing. And it was just like a white guy that shot three white guys. What? I don't know. I don't, I don't get the race aspect of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. I guess. But whatever. <laughs> but people are going to have their opinions. What I just thought was kind of like, I don't know. You have LeBron James and all those guys. And you have like another one that I was kind of like shocked was Dave Batista, who, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know that listen to it, but I'm a pretty big wrestling fan. So Dave Batista was a huge wrestler. Um, and I guess now that he's in movies and stuff, he's like very left winged. And he was on he was he, he was on Twitter and he was like calling out Rittenhouse and he was just like, "F this dude!" And uh, you know, give me five minutes alone. I was just like, "Holy shit, dude!" <laughs> dude, seventeen years old. He was literally protecting himself, and you're over here just like, "Let me in a room in five minutes." I'll solve all the problems. I'm like, my God. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Let's not look at the facts. Or I mean, the other dude had the gun and literally goes on the stand and says, well, Kyle really didn't shoot you until you came directly at him and pointed your gun at him. Is that right? <laughs> um, yes, that's right. Oh, okay, so the exact definition of self-defense is what... Yeah, that's what happened. Oh, okay. And there's so much other stuff, too, that's coming out in the case now, um, especially with that Gross, Grosskreutz guy. Uh, he, he had, like, a shit ton of uh, prior charges, and then he got, like, a DWI four months after, and so the prosecution waived all, all of his charges... Right. And then the whole thing, I didn't really catch it. Um, like I say, I was listening to it while I was at work and stuff, but the whole thing about them not searching his cell phone, even though they had a search warrant for it, they had a search warrant for his cell phone and the, and the police department, the detective said they did not search the phone uh, due to the request from the prosecution because they felt like that uh, it wouldn't be good. 
because of some other law. I don't, I can't remember the law or whatever they were trying to say. But my thing is like, if you got a search warrant, that's paper, and that's a judge that has signed off on that and said, yeah, go ahead, search that. And my argument is like, it was more or less something to the fact that they said, well, we didn't have verbal consent to search the phone. Well, it don't fucking matter if you got verbal consent when you got a search warrant. I mean, my God. If I could just like the average person that might listen to my show, this is almost the same equivalent. You know, the things that you have to do to get that search warrant. I mean, I just, I can't even, I don't even know how I even explain that. You know, they're essentially like the detective found probable cause to do this. He built his case. He typed up all this information. Then he took all of that information, went to a judge and said, hey, judge. I would like to search uh, Grosskreutz's phone, and here's all the reasons why. Here's what I'm looking for, and here's what I assume I'll find on the phone. Here's why, because he was involved in this situation, blah, blah, blah. He was on this day, and, you know, let's just say he, he took pictures, and we saw on his Facebook page that he took all these pictures, so we were hoping... Uh, with the search warrant, you know, whatever, whatever they're looking for. And then the judge turns around and says, okay, yeah, I agree. Let me sign off on all this paperwork. And so the detective there in that situation got all that. And then they turned right back around and said, uh, well, we didn't search his cell phone because, you know, it was an issue of we didn't have uh, Mr. Grosskreutz's verbal consent to search the phone. Uh, well, you got a warrant, bro, so. <laughs> I don't know. My God. I have a feeling that prosecutor is about to be fired. And also, little known fact, I can't remember the guy's name for the life of me. I really need to do better studying my sh- shit before I talk about it on my podcast. But there was a boy, that, uh, when, um, Oh my God, what was his name? I should probably Google. I could probably Google this shit as I'm talking about it. But um, there was a younger white guy, and he got a a bad rap uh, as if he attacked this uh, older Indian man. But it turned out the Indian man was lying, and uh, none none of that happened. But you know, MSNBC, CNN, all these people ran that story, and they just, you know, they just, they just buried this guy, buried him. Well, he ended up getting an attorney, and he sued the shit out of him, and he got two hundred and fifty million dollars. Right? <laughs> well, it just so happens that today, Kyle Rittenhouse now has that same attorney. <laughs> so I could go ahead and tell you he's probably about to see the shit out of CNN. And uh, I think they were talking about maybe suing Joe Biden. So who knows, right? That'd be crazy. 
Can you imagine if they sued Jayvon? Dude, you would never know. They would probably set all that shit out of court, and you would never hear another word about that. Oh, no, no, no. None of that happened. That didn't happen. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, well. We're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll come back, and uh, hopefully I'll have uh, the audio recording of uh, Stephen Sterling and We'll be talking about his book and everything. It's uh, it's you're not gonna want to miss that one. That's that's pretty sweet. So we'll be right back. But the weight of the scales tipped in favor of the animals. The checks and balances left unchecked. The harbingers of destruction were brought into the playing fields, and now they were playing on our terms. Hi there, I'm Steven Sterling, and these are just a few excerpts of my new book, The End is the Beginning, in the Beginning of the End, where I go into full graphic detail of how I feel the end will begin, day one until day 43. I list all the avenues you need to tackle and how to pre-program and get your family in the end of the beginning. That's right. You can get my book at all Barnes and Nobles or online on Amazon. Thank you. Here we go, guys. Uh, So this is... Man, so I read the book um the beginning of the end the end of the beginning uh by Stephen sterling here he's he's joining me um just want to say thank you thank you for coming on well uh first off thank you for having me um what i wanted to do is just really with this book i just wanted to bring a light to a situation that I felt like we needed to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I do get that. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, they may be able to, to sympathize with the book and kind of, you know, say, well, wait a minute. This guy's really on to something. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that they, they do find that and... Not only that, but they take a little bit of reassurance from my book, and maybe it helps them and their families, and all their families. Yeah, I, I get, I get that, I get that. Um, so, like I said, so what? So this is uh, New York Times bestselling, right? We're getting a. It is. It's in the charts right now. Um, I'm forty-four out of a hundred right now. Man, that's great. I don't, I couldn't even, I mean, hell, I did a little, you know, we got this little podcast here, but to write a book, my God, that's got to be, how crazy is that, right? Well, it's something that, something that I've always really wanted to do, um, especially with this topic, because I feel like it's just so dire. It's such a dire topic. Yeah, I yeah, I mean the end of the world. I mean, if that's what we're talking about here, um, 
But listen, here, we could go back and forth all day. Um, but the book's the end of the beginning, the beginning of the end. And now I feel like I, as I was reading it, I, you know, I feel like I'm going to be honest with you here. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I feel like a lot of people are going to question it, you know, because what you're talking about and how you're saying that this, tr- this uh, transpires, so to speak, or how this, well, I get, I guess let's just go with that. I mean, so initially what you're proposing is how's, uh, let's say, how's the world going to end? Well, Jimmy, that's a great question. That's a great question. What I'm proposing and what I feel like, and this is from a lot of, uh, you know, psychologists in the field and chronological events that have transpired, okay? And what we're talking about is a system of checks and balances that go unchecked in nature's habitat. Okay, and so you're saying, okay, I get that. But essentially, if I broke it down right, and I'm reading the book, and the what what I took from the book was, at least the way I'm reading it and, tr- and interpreting it, is that you're saying that the end of the world is coming from animals? Well, it's not. It's not quite that cut and dry. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is that the media has a lot to play into this. Media, the media, okay. And there's a lot of situations that arise, okay. You just had one situation where a gorilla was killed. Okay, for simply just, you know, minding his own business, you know, and it interacted with the human there in that case. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I, I read about this and I couldn't recall it, but essentially a little boy got into a cage at a zoo and, you know, they ended up shooting the gorilla, which, I mean, I think, I mean, it sucks, but I think that's what, you know, a lot of people are going to pick you. You're going to pick the go against the gorilla versus the child. It's not like they're going to shoot the child. Yes, I mean, yes. Quite frankly, that's right. But what I'm saying is, what's going to happen, okay, when the gorillas and all the animals are not in the exhibits, okay, and they're running wild, okay, what are you going to do when you've got a gorilla, you know, in your Starbucks, or let's say a rhinoceros, you know, big old rhino, he's real big and strong, you know, and he's running around in a target. I mean, my God, the carnage, the devastation. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But you're, you're proposing the end of the world is essentially off of animals just like breaking free from the zoos? Well, so it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a simple outline that I did in the book. It's a 14 point diagram that I broke down. And what will happen is the devastation will come in a 14 piece documentation that's clearly labeled. 
Okay, it's clearly labeled. And you have to have it labeled and notarized. But essentially, when all these animals break free from their zoo enclosures, my God, the unjust in the streets and the carnage will be everywhere. Animals are not going to follow standard laws or traffic laws. You're going to have devastation in the roadways and in the interstates. I mean, you know, it's not like a giraffe's going to be able to drive a car and just sit there. No, well, I don't think anybody's saying, you know, they're going to drive cars and be part of the, you know, highway and the traffic. I mean, I don't think there anybody's saying that. Well, of course they're not, because they know that they can't do that. They're going to cause chaos. Pure chaos. I get, yeah, we get I don't understand what that's. Chaos. Okay. We say, yeah, we get the chaos. So essentially, you know, make sure I'm getting it right, you know, because I don't want to short sell your book. You know, you came on the podcast and I appreciate it. But essentially what you're saying is all the animals are going to break free from all their enclosures in the zoos. And then they're just going to be running wild and just running all over the world. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, my God, have you ever, have you ever been so up close to a Komodo dragon? Well, I went to one. So I've seen one one time. It uh, we went to Myrtle Beach and I actually saw one. That's what I'm saying. In an enclosure. Oh my god. But my god. If you saw one and he's running around. And he's out there. And his tongue's. He's got poison on his tongue. Okay. What are you going to do? You're not going to be able to do anything. He's running around. He's shooting. He's got the poison tongue. And he's shooting stuff out. And. You got gorillas at Starbucks? Like, my God, you're not even going to be able to get a hot mocha latte double triple. I can't, I mean, people are, it's going to be an inconvenience, but I guess what, you know, what I'm thinking is, and hear me out. Yes, absolutely. I feel like, you know, the average citizen at that point, you know, for one, for all the animals to just, you know, on one day miraculously escape, all the zoos at the exact same time and then just unleash, I feel like that'd be a hell of a coordinated effort, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is going to take part in a 14-step process, okay? And I've outlined it in my book. But furthermore, you know, you're going to be running around and you're, you know, you're going to go, oh, let me go to Hobby Lobby. Because they got those Christmas gifts on sale. I'd really like to look. Oh, and wait a minute. There's an alligator right here trying to kill me and my wife, Deborah. What are you going to do? It's a 17 and a half foot alligator right there, right next to the reefs. I mean, I think we get that, you know, like, but I feel like if most people, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be prepared if all this is going down. They're going to start getting some firearms and. Needless to say, if they're going to Hobby Lobby and the alligator's there, he's going to get shot in the back of the head with a shotgun or something. Well, I just, I don't know. I just don't see how they can, you know, like I say, I wrote all about this and I've studied this for years. For years and years and years. 
and I've wrote about it, and I've tested my theories and retested them. Well, I'm sir, I'm not questioning. No, no. Everybody's laughing now. Okay. No people. I mean, people are going to read it and they're going to form their own opinion. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. They can do it. But I've done the bar graphs and the pie charts, and I've come to the conclusions already, okay? And all I can tell you is, you know, you're going to want to go down there with your family, and you're wanna, you're going to want to go to the go, go-kart track, okay? You're going to want to have a good time. Maybe you maybe you want to go to the batting cages, all right? Yeah, I see the batting cages. And maybe you want to go down there. Okay, but what are you going to do when you're at the batting cages and you're staring dead in the face of a jackal? Okay, well, I think then they'd be, they would shoot them. Am I right? Well, that's, you know, easier said than done, but if you've ever looked into the face of a jackal, I mean, my God. It's it's all right. I mean, if you want to take a break, we can take a break. No, I want to get the word out because people need to be prepared. They need to be vigilant, okay? And they need to be resilient, and they need to be ready to go at any given time. Well, I get that. I mean, I think everybody gets that why don't we just let's let's just ease it out maybe we can come you know come to an agreement here i think what we're saying is beginning of the end end of the beginning and we're watching you know we're watching and seeing you're saying these things will happen in your book you're talking about how animals are all going to escape the zoos it will happen. Okay, mark my words. I'm telling you now. Or my name isn't Stephen Sterling. And I've wrote all this in my book. And we get it, okay? What I'll do is I'll go ahead. I'll close it out, okay? How about that, Stephen? I appreciate I appreciate you joining me on the podcast here. And uh, now hopefully we brought a light to it. And people, you know, they'll read the book. They'll pick it up. They'll talk about it. How about, how about that? Well, I just thank you. And I... I appreciate you having me on the program, and I really appreciate you having me on this program to bring a light to this situation. Thank you. No problem. All right, well, there we go. So that's that's uh, Stephen Sterling. Like I say, he's got a beginning of the end. The end of the beginning is the name of the book, New York Times bestseller. Um, I read it and goes into grave detail. Like he, I think he said 14 point documentation or whatever, uh, of how all the animals on the same day and time, um, it has something to do with their, their feeding schedule and the doors, how the doors are all locked. So supposedly in his book, what he details is that the animals will break free and then, They'll overrun society because we're now we've got all these other animals that were all in zoos and now they're out in the wild and uh, we're just not able to be equipped to handle that kind of, I don't know, we're just not able to be equipped to handle that. So that's what he's proposing. That's how he's saying it's going down. But, you know, who's to say? 
I don't know. I could say if I'm going to Hobby Lobby and I'm staring at the face of a jackal, I think I'd shoot that bad boy with a damn shotgun or something. But who's to say, man? Maybe that's maybe he knows something and we don't. I don't know, but you know, you can look it up on Google and uh, take a look at it and take a you know take a little read on it. See if uh, see if it interests you. Anywho, uh, that sounds like about the time for us. Um, appreciate you guys listening this week and. We'll be coming up with some more stuff next week, and uh, hopefully you guys have a great week and you kick ass. And you eat a lot of turkey, because we got Thanksgiving coming up, so you got to do the turkey and the meals and all that. So hopefully you uh, kick this a Monday off right, and uh, hey, you know what? We'll see you on the next one. All right. My licking picking. Picking nose. <laughs>